the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is brought to you by Bridgeway Community Church. Today is an encore presentation of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're not taking your calls today. Enjoy the show. From our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Seasoned expert on race, religion, relationships, Dr. Anderson wants to talk to you. Phone lines are open now, 888-432-7434. And now, please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge-building voice in the nation's capital. Good afternoon, friends. David Anderson live right here in the nation's capital. How in the world are you today? Well, wherever you are, in your kitchen, in your car, maybe in front of your computer watching me on Facebook Live at Dr. David Anderson, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. And, of course, on the most listened to Christian talk station on the East Coast, second in the entire country, WAVA. 105.1 FM, right here in the nation's capital, covering all of D.C., Northern Virginia, Maryland, parts of West Virginia, and Pennsylvania as well. Thanks a lot uh, for tuning in. Now, if you're new to the show, let me tell you how we roll. If you're not new, say it with me. Marriage Mondays, Tough Topic Tuesdays, Wisdom Wednesdays, Theological Thursdays, that's today, and then Open Phone in Fridays. Anything you want to talk to me about on Friday is fair game. But today is Theological Thursday, and, you know, on Tuesday we talked about building bridges outside of your political bubble. Yesterday, Wednesday, we talked about uh, the wisdom of building bridges beyond your racial bubble. I thought today we'd talk about building bridges beyond your theological bubble. Since it's Theological Thursday, we have our bubbles, don't we? Uh, and uh, coming out of my theological bubble and coming into yours, I may not agree with you, but it's good for me to know what you believe. And it's good for me not to question your salvation or your faith just because you have a different uh, belief system with regard to uh, Christianity. Like if you are a Christian, but your theology is different than mine, uh, then should I even question your salvation? And that's what happens, right? And that's why we have these big divisions within denominations and churches. Uh, and, uh, you know, before you know it, uh, uh, cleanliness is next to godliness. And so therefore we're going to start a different denomination because of the color of the carpet or something like that. And we make big theological issues out of things that are really minors. I always talk about majoring on the majors and minoring on the minors. So, of course, there are some major theological issues that if we disagreed on, like uh, what it takes to be saved and who the Savior 
is and whether he's coming back or not to get us and if this word is the word of God uh, and uh, that sort of thing, then, yeah, I think uh, uh, it's it's difficult then for us to, uh, you know, be in the same theological bubble and stay and remain and, and continue to coexist and worship together regularly. But if it means, uh, you know, there are a lot of minor theological issues that I can hang out with you, you can hang out with me, and we can actually do work together for the kingdom of God, that's great. And then there's other religious bubbles where it's not theological difference within Christianity, but it may be a completely different religion. And are there any benefits to connecting with people from different religions? Uh, of course there, there is, but that's not what I'm talking about so much today. I'm talking about within Christianity, there are different theological bubbles and, uh, you know, what is the benefit of building a bridge beyond those theological bubbles to, uh, other theological bubbles or groups of people. So that's the topic. I hope it's something you can engage with me in. Maybe you have a question about theology in a particular, uh, bubble, then let's talk about it. Um, different kind of bubbles. For instance, uh, there's a group that believes in the assurance of salvation. There are others that don't. They say uh, you can lose your salvation. So those are two different bubbles. There's the speaking in tongues uh, bubble where people go to church and thousands or hundreds of people are uh, speaking in, in tongues. And then there are other groups and other places where, nope, that's not a practice. That is uh, a platform that they provide for people to speak uh, in tongues. Then you have Bible translations. Some people believe that the King James Version is the only version of the Bible that is uh, inspired and ordained by God. Others use all kind of modern translations like the NIV, the NASB, and the ESV. I can explain what those mean later. Or eschatology, the different theological bubbles of when Christ is coming back. Uh, whether he's coming back uh, before the tribulation, after the tribulation, during the tribulation. Uh, will people be locked up for a thousand years? All this stuff, right? So we can have different theological bubbles. And then maybe with regard to Catholicism versus evangelicalism, it can, uh, you know, what does that look like? And, and so for some, it's just a different denomination of Christianity. For others, they don't believe that Catholics are saved at all. So, boy, we got a lot to talk about. So maybe we ought to open in prayer. Let me give you my number, 888-432-7434. If you have a question about theology or the benefit of building a bridge beyond your theological bubble, give me a call. 888-432-7434. Or just remember the word bridge. 888-43-BRIDGE. B-R-I-D-G-E. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we commit our time to you, our conversation. We thank you that we can talk about theology in different ways and still be uh, united in Christ. So please guide and guard the conversation. We commit it over to you even now. For it is in the name of Jesus we pray together. Everyone said, that's right. Amen. Come on. And amen. Well, if you want to give me a call, my number is 888-432-7434. That's triple eight four three bridge. So theologically, where do you stand? Would you be uh, theologically conservative? Would you be theologically central, or would you be theologically, uh, I guess, liberal? And uh, is there a theology that says that there's a certain way you got to dress in church? Is there a theology that says there's a certain way you have to worship in church? 
Uh, is there a theology that says that uh, you have to do uh, contemporary style worship as opposed to hymns? Uh, there's a lot to talk about in the theological church world. So feel free. Give me a call. 888-43-BRIDGE. There's a Bible uh, translation conversation that's been going on forever. Let me just tell you what I think about the King James Version. I love the King James Version for its uh, old English and for its poetic flow. Uh, Not the most uh, accurate, uh, but there are much more modern translations that are more accurate to the original text of Greek and Hebrew. But I always have reverence for the King James Version. But understand, it is not the most accurate version. Uh, a more accurate version would be the New American Standard. The one I preach out of is the New International Version 1984, I prefer. Because uh, that's what what my Bible uh, it was when I, I got it. Now they've changed that. Now they have a new NIV uh, that's even more up to speed, but so far the accuracy is concerned. Uh, the NASB would probably be your most accurate. The new King James is pretty good too, by the way. Uh, so, you know, you've got some good versions and uh, you know, again, we can talk about this. It's theological Thursday and we're talking about building bridges beyond your theological bubble. You interested? You got a, got a question or comment? My number, 888-43-BRIDGE. Hi, my name is Attorney James McCollum, and my firm practices in the area of employment law. I've practiced employment law since 1988. I've represented many persons in federal and state courts and administrative agencies. Employment law is complex, and whatever your issue, we know that it is important to you. We'd be honored and privileged to serve you. Let McCollum & Associates work for you. Call us at 301-864-6070. That's 301-864-6070. When asked the question raised by her professor, why are you here at Omega Graduate School? Sebla Digluhailu answered in one of her essays like this, I was not there just to add a prefix to my name, though that would feel good. The greater purpose of my preparation at OGS is to fulfill my mandate to be a change agent. The doctoral study is a time of preparation for me to see and to think, to understand the times and to craft my way in fulfilling my calling. Sebla Hailu, a current Doctor of Philosophy student from Ethiopia, is a counselor and adjunct psychology professor who hosts a weekly radio show in the capital city of Ethiopia and is an advocate for empowering women and children. What is your profession and how can OGS help you grow to the next level in your graduate education? Dr. David Anderson is the new chancellor of Omega Graduate School, formerly known as Oxford Graduate School, and your education as a working adult is important to him, to God, and to all who will be changed in the world because of your important research. Go to OGS.edu today and apply, or call 1-800-933-6188. Everybody likes a nice compliment every now and then, and oftentimes people compliment me on my smile. Well, I have to give some credit to Pearl Smiles Dental because they've hooked me up with dentistry, pearlsmilesdental.com. Check them out because they will make your smile as nice as mine. Well, actually, maybe even better. Give them a call at 410-799-1793. That's 410-799-1793 or go to pearlsmilesdental.com. Welcome back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. For more
more information about this program or for resources from Dr. Anderson, please visit andersonspeaks.com. You can call our hotline at any time at 888-432-7434. That's 888-43-BRIDGE. To watch us on Facebook Live or to check out our previous broadcasts, visit Dr. Anderson's public Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson and click like. To join our text community and receive a free weekly textspiration from Dr. Anderson, just text the word INSPIRE to 50555. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-E to 50555. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're back. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's me. It's Theological Thursday. We're building bridges beyond and outside of our theological bubble. What theological issues do you struggle with? And you may even know somebody who's a Christian, but they have a different theological view than you have, and you really struggle with that view. How do you interact with them when you have such a different view? Is it a big issue, or is it kind of a non-issue Uh, for you and you're good to go there. You know, part of the reason why we go to a church is because we want to be inspired by uh, that church to grow spiritually. Uh, And then when you get further into the church, you realize that maybe there are people who have differing beliefs than you have. Part of the comfort of a church is to know that you kind of all kind of believe around the same thing. And that's sometimes how churches become insular or become sort of like country clubs. Everybody believes the same thing, and so therefore everybody congregates together. So then what happens when that family comes in and they have a different view because they came from the Baptist church and you guys are are Methodist, you know, or they came from the Presbyterian church and now you guys, you know, are, are sort of Pentecostal and like, oh, my gosh, it's so different. So is there any benefit then for believers coming together, even though they have different theologies? Well, if you want to call me, you have a question or a comment about it, let's talk about it. My phone number is 888-432-7434. All right, let's kick it off in Glen Burnie, Maryland with Eric, who's on the line. Hey, Eric, David Anderson here. How you doing? Hey, David, I'm doing good. Nice to speak to you, with you. My pleasure to speak with you as well. What's your comment or question there, Eric? My my question is, I'm a growing Christian, so trusting in God uh, for perfection. Uh, my question is, the church I go to, I participate in communion service. Uh-huh. But for about four occasions, or from the time I started the church, I haven't seen uh, the pastor taking communion before. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of worried a little bit. I don't know how to approach it. And I'll, mm. uh, I've been listening to your program for a long time, and this is the best time for me to ask you for a good idea. Well, thank you for uh, for asking. So what denomination are you? I'm a denomination uh, in terms of my church. I'm a charismatic. Okay. So is, uh, is the church uh, just a charismatic Pentecostal church, or is it like a Baptist church, or what? It is a 
it's a, like a Pentecostal church. Okay. Um, the reason I ask is because maybe some uh, churches have a different view when it comes to uh, the one administering the communion, whether they should actually take it or not. But it doesn't sound to me like there's a theological issue here. It sounds to me like there may be a personal issue if every time you serve in communion, the pastor doesn't take it. I wonder if this is an opportunity for you to ask the pastor sometime whenever you guys are together at a function or you have some social time to just say, hey, pastor, I noticed that you don't uh, take communion or maybe I missed that you take communion. Is there a, a theological reason behind that or is it just personal? And it'd be quite okay. interesting. It'd be quite interesting to hear his thoughts on it. Because I do think that uh, the pastor should be free to pass on communion and let it pass him by for whatever personal reason he has. But when you have a congregation that's watching, they're going to wonder, hmm, is he not taking it because he's not right with his wife or (laughs) because he's not right with God? Or is there some other reason? So I think just kind of asking him privately to just say, hey, I noticed this, uh, you know, I just wonder uh, you know, whether it's a theological issue or not, and let them explain it to you. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think I, I think you're 100% right, because uh, one thing I realized on the last supper when Jesus made his disciples and they were sharing bread, I think he, he took it. He was part of it. So I was, I was just a little bit worried about what is preventing. And the Bible says whoever takes the communion and takes it unworthily, Right. Judgment to himself. Correct. So, as you said, it could be a personal issue, but I, I would definitely ask. And how long have you seen this happening? Once or twice, or has it gone on for a long time? I've seen it for two years. For two years, and you've never seen him take communion? No. Isn't that interesting? But he administers it. Right. He ministers every day. Uh-huh. He prepares the communion service. He... He, he pray over it and everything, but he uh-huh. doesn't partake in it. Interesting, interesting. Well, I'm glad you brought it up, Eric, and let me know uh, if you want whenever you call back after you have that conversation. I'd like to know what the explanation is. Sure. I'll, really, <laughs> I'll be glad to call next week, David. Yep. Okay, my friend. God bless you. And, again, you don't have to make it a big issue, but it's definitely a curious thing wondering why that is who knows you know what the catholics do they uh they let everybody else sort of partake and then the priest uh kind of is the last one to finish it out so but there's also some folk that do it in the back you know like our worship leaders for instance in our church uh they may have a private communion uh time in the back because they're worshiping and ministering during the communion service and so they have their own time of doing it they don't do it all the time sometimes they do it right up front but if we have a big choir or something like that and happens to be on a sunday like that you know it takes a lot to get through the choir with the communion element so they have their own choir communion so who knows you never quite know do you uh 888-432-7434 that's my number live here in studio triple eight four three bridge We're talking about building bridges beyond your theological bubble. In other words, we have different theologies sometimes, and it's okay. Is it it good for you to get outside of your theological framework and spend time with people who have maybe a, a different theology, maybe not a different belief system so far as whether they trust in Christ or not, but maybe they have a different view of communion, baptism. Uh, maybe they have a different view of of the end times 
And so everybody has sort of different theological views. So sometimes it's good to to connect with people who are different than you. My number is 888-432-7434. Let's go to Mechanicsville, Maryland, and talk with James, who's on the line. Hi, James. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, David. How you doing? Oh, I'm alive and grateful. Thanks for calling. What are you thinking? Well, a couple of my friends are Catholic, and I've talked to them before about I guess their theological belief in everything, mm-hmm. and I'm a Baptist, got saved a couple years ago, so mm-hmm. I don't pretend to know everything mm-hmm. uh, about religion or, uh, you know, theologic, theological back, you know, right. views at that. But I noticed that they always seem to hold Mary in a higher regard than Jesus, mm-hmm. even though that Jesus was the one that died on the cross. Right. I was just curious, you know, how to share my point with them without sounding that I'm all right, you're wrong. Right. Well, first of all, I love your heart, right? So you want to make sure you're bridge building in the way you communicate this. So that's good news. Um, I commend you for that. Um, I'd also make, I'd become a learner. If I were you, I would say, Hey, can you teach me about what you're thinking about Mary? You know, help me understand. I always tell people the best way to have a conversation instead of confronting someone is to ask the question, can you help me understand this? That's one of the best techniques ever, James, because that'll save you a lot of argument. Um, Can you help me understand why you did this? Can you help me understand why you think this? Can you help me understand why you believe this? Am I right in understanding that Mary has a very high place for you? Help me understand, do, do you feel like Mary is higher than Jesus or not? By becoming a learner, by asking the questions and listening and let them teach you, they're going to tell you a whole lot more than if you go to them and say, hey, well, this is what I believe, and then they become defensive, and before you know it, nobody's learning anymore. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, Right, 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 okay. Yeah, so use that technique. Uh, can you help me understand? The other thing I would say is I know not all Catholics hold the view that Mary is I mean, they, they do hold the view that she's blessed, and she is. The Blessed Virgin, thank God for her, lift her up and honor her, and there's nothing wrong with lifting her up and honoring her, just like we would any other uh, biblical leader or partner. She, you know, she was, she was great, and God, sure. cho- and God chose her. Uh, so favor upon her, no doubt about it. Blessed be Mary. Got it. But there are a lot of Catholics who honor her, but they don't worship her. You know, they, they honor her, but they don't okay. worship her. And so sometimes I think we may make the mistake to think that they're worshiping her um, more than Jesus. Some are, but there are some that really aren't. They're just giving honor to her, but they actually are not worshiping okay. her at all. And so that's why I would say when you say help me understand and let them talk, you may find out actually, no, they're not worshiping her. They're just honoring her because they've been taught to honor her, just like we're taught to honor uh, other people uh, as Protestants, maybe more than uh, uh, more than Catholics. You know, it could be David uh, in the scriptures or Paul in the scriptures. And we just tend to, you know, kind of pick and choose. But I, I, I definitely think that she's very honorable, but she's not worthy of our worship. That's a good way of putting everything. There you go. Well, hey, man, uh, if you if you ever have a chance to do it, I'd love to hear back uh, how it went. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely let you know that. Uh, I, I don't know if you have time for one other question. I got a minute. You can make it real quick. Okay, so basically the same thing if I try to approach somebody like Jehovah Witness. So you would say to use the same angle as I would with that. Uh, but, but I guess my bridge would be no. once I hear what they had to say and learn what they had to say, I was just curious, you know, how do I go about telling them, you know, really, yeah. you know, with the Bible. In my opinion, it's a different story. If you're dealing with a Jehovah's Witness, I wouldn't do the help me understand, teach me thing because you're going to be arguing all day long. With a Jehovah's Witness, I just say, God bless you and uh, may heaven smile upon you and move on. I mean, unless you are well-versed, because okay. seriously, unless you're well-versed in knowing what's going on with the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, it's like an elementary school person wrestling a high school person. The bodies don't match. And most Jehovah's Witnesses uh, have been trained and they're at a fighting weight. And their goal is to get weak Christians or Christians who don't know their word very well. And they're trained how to take that word and twist it uh, to mean what they want to pull them into the cult. And that's not what you want. So I would say in, in this case, they're not Christians. Uh, stay away from uh, them just say, God bless you and move on. Now I just made a declarative judgment. Let me take that away. They're not Christians. Let me just say, I don't believe that, um, many of them have the truth, whether they're Christians or not. I'm going to leave that Correct. to God. Okay. <laughs> just to be clear, I shouldn't have said it so emphatically, but I got what you're saying. There you go. My friend, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. All oh, the blessings of mine. That's some James from Mechanicsville. When I get back from my break, I got Anonymous in Rockville, Randy in Upper Marlboro, and I got you because uh, two lines are wide open if you want them. 888-432-7434. Building bridges beyond your theological bubble. Earnings vary based on your effort. Message and data rates may apply. Do you want to learn how to make money flipping houses right here in Washington, D.C.? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll learn our simple three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. This is Than Merrill, star of A&E's hit TV show, Flip This House. My team and I are looking for a handful of people in the Washington, D.C. area who want to learn how to make money flipping houses in your spare time using other people's money. Washington, D.C. is a perfect market for my system, and next week I'm holding a free two-hour educational workshop where you will learn how to make money flipping homes and how to build long-term wealth with income properties. To get two free tickets to Than's workshop, text FLIP to 82000. Seating is extremely limited. Text in the next 10 minutes and you'll also receive a free copy of Than's Money for Deals Guide. Text FLIP to 82000. That's FLIP to 82000. Hi, Don Crow here for Passport Auto Group, a family-owned business with a stellar reputation for superior customer service before, during, and long after the sale. A mission and goal to which they've been committed for the past 25 years. And now when you visit PassportAuto.com on the web, you can take your own virtual Internet tour to enhance your buying experience and help you get to know their dealerships online. 
Just go to PassportAuto.com, browse their amazing inventory, schedule a test drive of that vehicle you've been thinking about, investigate financing, lease options, and much more. Whether you're thinking about a BMW, Infiniti, Nissan, Toyota, Mazda, or Mini, or whether you're in the market for a certified pre-owned vehicle, Passport Auto Group is waiting to serve you right now. And I also want to tell you that as a longtime customer of Passport, I can assure you they do what they say they'll do, and they do it right. Passport Auto Group, serving the Washington, D.C. metro area for 25 years. PassportAuto.com. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper and deeper in credit card debt and you're not sure how to fix the problem? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management is a nonprofit organization that will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges and reduce your interest rates by as much as 60%. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. It's not a loan. It's a smart way to relieve your stress, meet your obligations, and preserve your self-respect. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Gather up your bills and call this toll-free number for a free, no-obligation debt analysis. 1-800-793-9159. That's 1-800-793-9159. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity. Today is an encore presentation of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're not taking your calls today. Enjoy the show. Building bridges beyond your theological bubble. Welcome to the second half hour of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. I'm David Anderson, and we're talking today about different theological opinions. And it's beneficial sometimes to get out of your own uh, theological bubble to hear what other people think and what their thoughts are about the scriptures and about faith. It can hi- it can actually help inspire what you believe, uh, maybe challenge what you believe, or at least uh, uh, encourage you in the you know, belief that you already have. And so I think it's important for us to uh, get along like this. That's where unity is found, too, when you realize, hey, I have a different view of something. You have a different view of something, but we're still unified. That's that's what it is with my pastors here. I mean, I have pastors that have different opinions. I have elders who have different opinions about Scripture, about uh, speaking in tongues, about uh, the flesh and the spirit. Uh, we, we have different different theological views. Some may have a different view about uh, about alcohol or uh, about dating. You know, but this is the beautiful thing. You can be in unity with people who have a different theological bubble, uh, but you can't unless you understand their theological bubble and why they believe what they believe and then why you believe what you believe. So what it does is it stretches you to think, why do I believe what I believe and what what am I struggling to understand? And then be honest, intellectually honest and say, you know what, I believe this because I've been taught this, but I really don't know why. And, uh, and I'm comfortable with it. My mama taught it to me. But the reality is I can't give you a chapter and verse, right? All right. And so uh, I even take my pastors and my ministers sometimes. And uh, we got in a meeting. Uh, I pulled them together and just said, I'm going to mess with your brain a little bit. I'm going to mess with your brain by asking you, is this biblical or is this a conviction? And we listed the topics and they're like, yep, that's biblical. Yep, that's biblical. Yep, that's biblical. And I said, okay, give me chapter and verse on it. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, you know what? Wow. I guess you're right. Now, it doesn't make it bad, but for instance, let me give you one example. For instance, uh, people who are 
marrying should not be unequally yoked. Okay? So you shouldn't marry a believer and a non-believer. You shouldn't be unequally yoked. All right? Now, so I say marriage, unequally yoked marriage. How many of you agree that's biblical? Uh, that, you know, you should be yoked and, and, uh, and you not, should not be unequally yoked in marriage. I'll raise their hands, right? I said, okay, show it to me in the scriptures. Where, where does it, is there a verse anywhere in scripture that says you should not be unequally yoked in a marriage? Now, I'm not arguing for unequally yoked marriages. Get me? I'm arguing for the thought process, for the theological thought process. Where in the scripture does it say it? And so, of course, there's this one passage that talks about being unequally yoked, right? But it has nothing to do with marriage, by the way. <laughs> it has to do with business. It has to do with uh, some other things. It has nothing to do with marriage. So you mean to tell me we're going to build this whole ideology on uh, unequally yoked uh, marriages and that you shouldn't do it based on one verse that uses the phrase and that one verse is not even talking about that subject? And you're going to build a whole thought process around it? So anyway, again, I, I don't want you to think that I'm arguing for unequally yoked marriages. What I'm arguing for is how do we come up with such big theological opinions with very thin, thin biblical support. And to be honest about what the Bible really says, black and white, clear, many texts throughout that help you understand this is God's mind on this. And then the other things that we just kind of build a, a big case around. With very thin evidence. Mm, see, I like this stuff. This is with good theology stuff. All right. Let me go to Rockville, Maryland. Anonymous is on the line, so let's go there. Hi, Anonymous. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, Doc. I'm fine, Dr. Anderson. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for calling. What are you thinking? So, two things. My thinking or my concern is I feel, I'm not perfect, don't get me wrong, and I'm working very hard on it, but I feel like Christians abuse the word grace. Ah. And then also the Bible says, the Bible says, come as you are. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we should come and remain as we are. Uh-huh. That's what most Christians do. They come and they remain as they are. Yeah. And then they, they abuse the word grace and they literally just dwell in it. Well, yeah. I have grace. So let me just continue doing what I'm doing or, yeah. you know, sinning as I'm sinning. So yeah. that's, that's the two that I worry about. Well, you know, that's that's a good uh, thing to worry about because I think that you're right. We can abuse grace and we can remain the way we are without growing and becoming what God wants us to be. And then grace becomes an excuse for us not to change uh, or to continue right. in our sin. And so I, I think that's a good thing to, to be concerned about. Uh, so I don't think that you're judgmental and actually... Uh, stating that or using it as a line of accountability so that we don't get stuck in our our sinful habits. So I, I, I can understand that concern. I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm behind you. Thank you, Anonymous. Shall we continue in sin that grace should uh, – should we continue in sin that grace should increase? And uh, what does the Apostle Paul say? No, may it never be. Now, grace can be taken advantage of. This wouldn't even be a question. So you can take advantage of it. The question is, should you? And Paul says, no, you shouldn't. Thank God for his grace. Amen. Uh, but, yeah, we need to continue to be willing to grow and to go forward with Almighty God. All right, listen, I'm going to run to my break. When I get back, I'm taking uh, up a Marlboro, and then I'm taking you if you want to give me a call. I have open lines at 888 432 Seven four three four. 
In bookstores now, Gracism, the art of inclusion. What if you take a negative word like racism and a positive word like grace and blend them together? Then you have Gracism. The focus is on the positive both when it comes to ministry and life so that we can all reach the worthy vision God has laid out for us. There is no doubt that author Dr. David Anderson believes that through the movement of the Holy Spirit and by following the seven sayings of a gracist, we all have the capacity to become gracists ourselves. This book is a must-read for anyone who wishes for the extension of favor on their lives and the lives of everyone they encounter. Gracism, the Art of Inclusion is published by InterVarsity Press and can be purchased at your local bookstore, Amazon.com, or going to Andersonspeaks.com. Dr. Anderson would love for you to join his brand new public figure Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson on Facebook, and when you see his smiling face, click like. That's another great way for you to connect and follow the good doc. Have you been hurt, cheated on, lied to, or unfairly treated by others? Do you have a difficult time forgiving others or extending grace? Then you have to purchase my brand new book, I For Grace You. In bookstores now and on Amazon.com, I For Grace You, doing good to those who've hurt you. You will be freed from anger, bitterness, resentment, and guilt. I For Grace You by Dr. David Anderson. That's me. Go to Amazon.com. I For Grace You. Get freed up today. Today is an encore presentation of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're not taking your calls today. Enjoy the show. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. How in the world are you today? We are talking about getting out of your theological bubble, getting out of your theological bubble and learning uh, different theologies as well as being really strong and, and forthright and understanding of our own. And I think that that's just all right. I've got open lines at 888-432-7434. Before I take my next call, Randy's in uh, Upper Marlboro. Let me just remind you, if you want a copy of my new book, How to Think Like a Gracist, then please go to my EmbraceGracism.com website, and you can order it. It's uh, a donation of $20 or more. You'll get the book as well as a mug and a couple other good goodies. So uh, make sure you do that uh, and have some positive shots of inspiration every single day uh, in your life for 90 days. So make sure you uh, go to EmbraceGracism.com. And also, you can register to be a gracist. You know what that means? It means that you're going to make a commitment uh, to treat people the way God would want them to be treated. Uh, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. It's just communicating to me that, look, you're not the only one out there trying to be a gracist. We want to be one, too. And, of course, many of you already are. I'm just saying, hey, let me know. Let me know. Raise your hand. Shout out out of brother. <laughs> let me know. Uh, so if you just register to be a gracious, that's exactly what it means, okay? All right, let's go to Randy. He's been waiting. He's in uh, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Big shout out to you, Randy. How you doing today, sir? I'm fine, Dr. Anderson. How are you? I'm alive and grateful. Thanks for hanging out with me. What are you thinking? Uh-oh, did I lose you, Randy? Lord have mercy. Call me back, man. It must have been the cell phone. DJ Dynasty, what happened there? Was that the cell phone went off or what? 
I think his cell phone went out. Okay, well, uh, make sure you get him back because I want to talk to him. He's been waiting for a minute. In the meantime, and in between time, let's go to Carla in Washington, D.C. Let's see if we can get her. Hi, Carla. How you doing? Hey, Dr. Anderson. I'm wonderful, Dr. Anderson. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for hanging. Hey, what are you thinking? You're welcome. You know, I just wanted to piggyback on the last woman who was saying that people go out doing all kinds of sins. And I know we sin, you know, unknowingly, but yep. purposely sinning, and they still keep saying, oh, I'm saved by grace. And I think that's like a really big excuse just to do wrong. Yeah. And and doesn't the Bible also tell us we should be Christ-like? It does. God-like, Christ-like, uh, conformed to the image of Christ, uh, growing, sanctified, bearing fruit. All of these are the things. And, and putting away sin and putting on Christ. So you're absolutely right. We've got to work out our own salvation and get better. Right, and also, can you tell me where that is? Because I, I saw it. I know I saw that verse being Christ-like, but I cannot find it now. Okay. And also, um, um, gosh, you hit on something else. I just lost my train of thought. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'll find a verse or two during my next break, and I'll give it to you okay. so you listen on the air, okay? Okie dokie. Thank you so much. All right, my sister. Thank you for hanging with me. That uh, is Carla in Washington. I think I got Randy back on the line, so let's go there. Hey, Randy, I lost you earlier. Yes, sir. Dr. Anderson, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm glad I got you back. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Listen, uh, I'm a United Methodist. Yeah. And uh, as you know, uh, the United Methodist does not condone same-sex marriages. We uh we don't have uh, lesbian, gay uh, clergy, right? And I was wondering, what is your? I, I, and I love your under, uh, your book on gracism, but what what is your theological opinion? I think there's gracism for gays. I do think that God loves uh, gay people. I, I think that He wants to help uh, them be fulfilled in their life. I do believe that. Uh, you know, same-sex marriage and same-sex uh, relationships when it comes to sexuality is sinful behavior. And so I don't believe homosexuality itself is sin, meaning the orientation, the uh, the uh, the proclivity. I just believe that that's a struggle, just like uh, a, per- a man may have a struggle, uh, you know, with women. Addiction. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, so the struggle is not the sin. The sin is in the behavior. Uh, not that you can't lust uh-huh. and be a sinful person, too, but you got heterosexuals that are lusting. Um, but I believe that I believe that the behavior is is sin, and that's not God's best for people. Now, when it comes to marriage, uh, that's a different story. I, again, uh, it's a secular thing. If the secular world wants to marry uh, same-sex people uh, as a civil right, okay, that that's fine. But when it, uh, but that's not God's view of marriage. That's not God's uh, anointing. It's not holy matrimony. So I believe you can have a sacred marriage and you can have a secular marriage. In secular marriage, you can marry whoever you want, however you want. That's whoever cool. You want to exactly, and I'm I'm not mad at you. I mean, if that's what you want, it's not God's way. It's not God's will. But we live in a country uh, where you have these kind of freedoms, and everybody's not a, you know the same faith as me. So I don't have right. a problem at all coexisting with people who have a different view than I have. As long as you understand what my right. view is and you don't uh, discriminate against what right. my view is, we all good to go. 
Now, when it comes to uh, the, your church, you know, the uh, the United Methodist, you know, do, they let women, they do let women preach and speak, and they ordain them, don't they? That's right. They okay. Do. But they just don't do gay marriages. Is that right? That's right. And clergy, no, no, if you're an avowed uh, gay, lesbian, whatever. Yeah. Uh, they don't, they don't allow you to... Uh, serve yeah so that would be that would be my view uh they're welcome in the church we have them serving in in our church but when it comes to a spiritual leadership level uh you have to be a part right. uh, you right. have to be a partner or what other churches call members and you to be a spiritual leader in our church we uh uh, say you can't be living the gay lifestyle. Now, again, if you are gay, let's say, uh, but you're not acting, okay, then that's a different story. We can work with that. Because, again, I got I to gotta work with heterosexuals that are uh, trying not to cohabitate. You know what I mean? So if, yeah, if, you're, yeah, tr- yeah, if you're trying right, to be right. single and trying to be right, I can, I can work with that. Uh, that's okay. Right. I can work with that. Uh, but if you're just, like, doing what you shouldn't be doing anyway and saying, I still want to be a leader. And eh, we, we can't really do that. We can. Okay. So what do you think Thank about you my answer on that one? I love it. I love it. I, I, that, that's my, that was my thoughts. Uh, exactly. I mean, so uh, I just want to know from someone else's point of view. Right. Well, you asked me, so that's I told not, you. That's not a United Methodist. Right, right. I'm, yep, you're right. Well, <laughs> on this one, they got it right. They may have some other things, but on this one, they got it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the yeah. way the way y'all yeah, see, the country has gone this way. The country, the country has, has gone, gone this way. way. And and, I, and 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 I was just reading in social media the other day where we have uh, they had gay gay pastors uh, uh, that they were married. Yep. And uh, I'm saying like, wow, you know what I mean? But you know, and yeah. I understand. I, I I love the gracism part of it. You know, but and the scripture says, "Come as you are." We know we can't get ready to become, but He says that who that He's that in Christ is a new creature. The old has passed away. So That's at right. some point, at some time, or another we have to begin to transform. That's right. You know, we got to go. Yeah, that's right. Well, and we as a church need to help people transform without judging them so harsh, harshly. I think I think we have been we've been so mean uh, to the gay community Mm -hmm. that if I were gay, I wouldn't I wouldn't want anything to do with the church. You know what I'm saying? And it's not because of the issue of truth. It's because they, they, right, right. they, they have double so standards cool. and they're discriminating right. and they treat us like dirt. And mm. so, look, I wouldn't want to uh, be in the church like that. So I would look for a church that would right. at least say, look, this may be your struggle. We you can, can still be here. Right. We can still walk can together. Work let's work with this. Right. And right. let's find Christ and let Christ do the work he right. want to do. Stop obsessing on right. my right. stuff, and I'll stop obsessing on your stuff, right. and maybe we can there walk together. Like that would be beautiful. Yeah. But unfortunately, a lot of churches yeah. are just not that way. And their preachers are yeah. so mean to the, to the gay yeah. people that why would you mm-hmm. – like even if you weren't gay, if, if just say you're, you're black. And you go to a church, and all they do is preach against black people. Why would you submit? Right. Why would yeah, you submit you yourself to that? Right, right, right. Yeah. So. Yeah, un- understandable. Okay. All right, my friend. We hey, listen. It was... log out of own eyes. <laughs> we got a few of them floating. Hey, hey, Randy. It's good talking with you from Upper Marlboro. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for listening to me. Now, when I come back uh, from this break, Michelle, I'm coming to you in Fort Washington. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to close the lines, DJ Dynasty. So it's just going to be Michelle 
and then I'm going to land the plane. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Joining me right now, Mike Rakeman. He and Brian Sheely, co-founders of Fellowship Home Loans, mortgage lending guided by Christian principles. Mike, with 2018 now well underway, some analysts predicting interest rates are going to rise even more steeply and sharply than some were expecting. What are your own thoughts on where the interest trend is now and what people might anticipate? Don, we've already seen rates start to rise since the beginning of December last year. We've seen an increase in rates. That, with a booming economy, unemployment at all-time lows, and the Fed hinting at more increases throughout 2018, we can pretty much guarantee that they will continue to rise over the next couple of months. Well, folks, if you want to talk about the implications of that in depth for yourself, call 1-800-804-SAVE. That's 1-800-804-7283, or go to fellowshiphomeloans.com on the web and talk with Mike or Brian about what this means for you. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-694-7394. 800-694-7394. That's 800-694-7394. If you're over 40 and concerned about any of the following, stay tuned for a special free bottle offer. Are you concerned about your joints and skin? Would you like to promote joint comfort and flexibility? What about fine lines and wrinkles? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, we want to send you a free bottle of the Ultimate HA Formula. The Ultimate HA Secret is hyaluronic acid. HA works in your body like a molecule of youth, cushioning your joints and hydrating your skin. We guarantee once you try Ultimate HA, you're going to love it. So, cushion your joints and reduce Reduce fine lines and wrinkles with the Ultimate HA Capsules from Purity Products. Get your free bottle today. Just pay for shipping and call right now. Dial 1-800-365-6329. That's 1-800-365-6329. 1-800-365-6329. One last time, 1-800-365-6329. Today is an encore presentation of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're not taking your calls today. Enjoy the show. Here we are. Coming to the end of the show, but we're not done yet. This is Real Talk 
with Dr. David Anderson. It's been a joy hanging out with you as we've been talking on this Theological Thursday about getting beyond our own theological bubbles. And we've talked uh, about everything from communion service to abusing grace to, uh, you know, uh, gay marriage and the list goes on. We could talk all day about it, but I still have one more caller I want to get to, and that is Michelle in Fort Washington, Maryland. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Hi, David uh, Anderson, Dr. <laughs> Anderson. I'm just so excited that uh, I just started listening a couple days ago, and here you're taking my call. So yeah, Absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad you called. Thanks for holding on. There you go. First-time caller. So tell me, uh, what are you thinking? Well, what I was thinking about, I, I heard you use the scripture about unequally yoked. Yes. And I, I thought I heard you say that it did not pertain to marriage. And Yeah, that passage doesn't pertain to marriage, yep. And I guess I wanted um, to just add, um, maybe for clarification, but in Genesis 2.18, when the Lord made a helpmate for Adam, that he made someone that would compliment him. Absolutely. So, but someone that was equal to him. Yep. So, I mean, so when I think about a helpmate, I'm thinking of someone that's the same, that's equal, comparable, um, the same belief. Yeah. Um, we're going in the same direction. How can two walk together lest we agree? Yep. So, but if I'm yoked up with an unbeliever, right, uh, that's in darkness, then there's no way in our marriage that we could be in agreement. So, yep, you're I right. I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Well, I agree with all of that. I'm right with you, and I'm not arguing for unequally yoked. What I'm arguing for is how do we get to that, and we think it's so biblical as opposed to what I would say it's a conviction of wisdom. You take wisdom from the Bible and say, uh, you know what, uh, you should probably really think about not marrying this person because of God's wisdom. Uh, and let's pull together some of the passages that you talked about. How can two walk together unless they agree, right? But that can mean it doesn't have to necessarily mean marriage. Uh, I do agree with you that Adam and Eve, but remember God created Eve as a suitable helper. I'm with you on that one. But when he created her, uh, he didn't create her with faith. Right. And so, uh, they probably were totally fit for one another. Uh, but we don't know what their spiritual condition was, except that she, <laughs> she messed up and, and did exactly what God said not to do. So we know that that's an issue, but my whole point was how, how we'd like to build a major case, right. And call it the Bible. Uh, and we hurt people, over this when I think that what we ought to be doing is talk to them about wisdom and say what God's word says based on wisdom, like you just said, Michelle, you know, what would be the best way to be compatible? What would God want? And to try to help them through it. But when it comes down to like chapter and verse, there just aren't many of them. I still think you're right. I'm with you. But what I want to do is draw a line down the middle of a paper and say, now, is it Bible or is it conviction of wisdom that we put together from the Bible so that we can say, yeah, this is a conviction and this is what I believe, but I'm just not going to judge people so harshly as we often do as a church. 
Anyway, God bless you. So good to talk to you. And Lord, I pray for all my listeners that your grace would be upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.